Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to answer the question, what is God like? What is God like? And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. What are his mannerisms? What are his desires? What are his uh, inclinations? And uh, what does he prefer over other things? I want to start with Acts 17, verses 24 through 28. Acts is written by the Apostle Luke. And in verse 24 through 28, He says, the God who made the world and everything that is in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would see God. If perhaps they might feel around for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said. For we also are his descendants. This passage is very important. It tells us something about our God. He is not a God made with hands, meaning there are religions out there that are formulated by human beings. These religions paint a different picture of God. So if we want to answer the question, what is God like? We can't go by the religions 
made by human hands, where they have created and fashioned their own God with a small g and have created customs to worship this uh, small God, which is really no God at all. There's only one authentic God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahshua, Jehovah. That is the God of the universe, the God who sent Jesus to Christ to die for the sins of the world. Outside of this authentic God, there, there is no other God. And if we find any other God outside of uh, the God who ushered and took care of Abraham, the God who ushered and took care of Jacob, the God who ushered and took care of Isaac. If we find any other so-called God outside of him, then that's a false God, as this verse intimates. Again, he is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not dwell in temples made by hands, and nor does, uh, uh, does he... Um, owe his existence to anyone, his society. God does not owe his existence to anyone. So what is God like? Making sense of a transcendent God. That's been the struggle of humanity since the fall. Since the ancient days, mankind has struggled to be at peace with God. This desire to make sense of the creator of the universe outside of his prescriptive scriptures has led many cultures to create systems, religious systems that are inconsistent with truth. God is truth. And any teaching, any rhetoric, any philosophy that goes against it is false. So we as Christians must uh, desire the same things that God desires, and that's for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. So since the fall, every society, every culture has attempted to have a relationship with God through religious systems that they've set up. And again, any religious systems outside of what God, the real authentic God, has laid forth is false. The following systems, as an example, attempt to find peace with God through their own systems that are man-made. And again, the passage in Acts reminds us that we do not worship a God made with hands. So for ex uh, an example, the term animism, A-N-I-M-I-S-M, -I -I animism, is the belief that inanimate objects possess spirits. So, uh, for an example, there are cultures that believe in nature spirits. So, if you look at uh, the Greek history, the Greeks worship multiple gods. And these gods were based on nature. So in order to make sense of the world around them, they started worshiping the nature, the created, and not the creator. They were worshiping things in nature and deified these things and made them gods. 
and they started worshiping nature instead of the nature creator, instead of the intelligent designer, instead of the creator, the transcendent transcendent one, which is God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God uh, who sent Jesus the Christ to die for our sins. This God who has identified himself as Yahshua, as Yahweh, this God. So, for an example, the Greeks worship uh, multiple gods. And if you know your history, there were ample amount of Greek gods. Perhaps you have heard of the God called Poseidon. And he was the God of the sea and earthquakes. And again, if you, if you see the connection here, this is a God made with hands. That's what Luke uh, was uh, uh, t- uh, quoting in the passage that we just went over. Poseidon, the Greek god of the sea and earthquakes. So what would happen is uh, during history and the development of mankind after the fall, man uh, rejected the authentic God and created false gods uh, based on nature. And they used nature to deify the elements around them. So Poseidon for the Greeks was the god of the sea, the god they would call to uh, for their uh, uh, naval expeditions, the god they would call to, uh, call unto for their time in the sea, the god they would pray to as it relates to earthquakes and uh, being saved from earthquakes. So now we have shifted our attention from the creator to the created. And the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he says, I'm a jealous God. I don't want you worshiping any other God. I want you to worship me. These other gods cannot help you. These other gods cannot save you. These other gods are really no gods at all. Then another god uh, that some of you may have uh, maybe privy to is Dionysus. He was the god of vine, the god of the vine, the god of the grapes, the god of the wine. He is the one they will pray to for a fertile season. He's the one they will pray to as it related to vineyard. Again, they have taken the worship that belongs to the authentic God, the one who actually made the vines, the one actually made the trees, the one that that actually made the soil, the one that actually made the elements, and they have shifted the worship of the authentic God to the demigod, to the God that does not exist, the God made with hands. And in contemporary world, uh, we have put many things before God. We have shifted our attention from Jesus Christ, and now we worship in everything. We worship the moon. We worship the stars. We worship money. We worship materialism. We worship sex. We worship all of these other things, but we do not worship Christ. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. So the Greeks are just like us. They had shifted worship of the true and authentic God and placed it 
into the creation. So instead of worshiping the true God, they're worshiping creation. And creation is not going to be able to save us. Creation is not going to be able to uh, bring us peace. Creation is not an uh, uh, animated object. Creation is inanimate, meaning that it's not alive unless you believe in uh, animism. Animism, again, is the belief that inanimate objects like trees, like wood, like uh, everything, anything you see in nature has spirits, has life. So the Greeks were examples of animism. They worshiped Poseidon. They worshiped Dionysus. They worshiped then Apollos. Apollos was the god of herdsmen and herd, meaning that those that dealt with flocks, those that uh, herded uh, animals, Apollos, um, the farmers, they would worship him. So it's important to note these elements, these natural elements were the things that uh, several civilizations and uh, uh, several communities have created throughout history to worship. Even, you name it, all around the world, whether it's in African culture, whether it's in Hindu culture, whether it's in Buddhist culture, all around the world, civilizations have created worship of inanimate objects and worship of other things outside the true and living God. What is God like? Well, he's not like the gods made with hands. So in Greek culture, again, they worship Poseidon, Dionysius, Apollos. Then, finally, there were multiple, but I'm just going to end on this one. There was Artemis. Artemis Artemis should be familiar with us, right? Uh, that is the uh, Roman version of Diana, the Roman version of Diana. So the, uh, uh, um, the, the Romans... Uh, actually took the um, the concept of Artemis from the Greek worship of Diana. And if you look at uh, Acts 19 and 28, as well as Acts 19 and 35, you find the worship of this goddess, this goddess uh, of the underworld, this goddess of fertility. Uh, that, that's who they pray to as it related to Artemis. Uh, she was the goddess of nature, the goddess of the underworld, the goddess of fertility. So, again, it's, it's a, she's a god made with hands. We have transferred our focus of worship from the true and living God to this goddess, Artemis. And, again, it contradicts the word of God. So, animism was is, or is, because it still goes on, uh, where we've created these demigods and people are worshiping and people are praying to these false gods. People are giving offerings to these false gods. They're giving of themselves. They're giving of their money. They're giving food uh, to them. And these false gods are really no gods at all. Then another thing we need to consider is uh, cultures were polytheistic. We're dealing with uh, an environment where multiple gods exist all around the world, multiple gods. Uh, For example, um, in Egypt, ancient Egypt, 
ancient Egypt had, uh, had approximately 700 plus gods. They, had, uh, they worshiped the sun god. They worshiped the sky god. They worshiped the earth god. They worshiped the wind god. And it totaled over 700 gods that the Egyptians worshiped in the ancient days. You had gods such as Osiris, Horus, Ptah, Osiris, Isis, and more and more gods, more gods than you can even count. They offered them drinks. They offered them food. They offered them clothing. So when uh, Luke captures in the book of Acts, that we do not worship a God made with hands. This is what he's talking about. Mankind has turned their way, face away from God and decided to do what is right in their own eyes. They'll rather worship the created than the creator. And the, create, the, the creation can't bring you salvation. The creation can't answer your prayers. The creation won't bring you peace. This is why we're suffering in this society, many people have made science their God. As Christians, we're not against science. God created science for our benefits, the ability to learn about the laws of nature, the ability to understand uh, the why of physics and why things happen the way that they happen. And it's, because, it's due to science that we're able to even... Uh, uh, Scientists are able to look at food and, and, and see how we can not succumb to the bad things as, as it relates to food. So science is not necessarily a bad thing. But the problem is you have those that have engaged or believe in scientism. Scientism says truth can only be verified by our senses. So if it can't be evaluated by what we see, what we taste, what we touch, then, and what we hear, then it's not true. Well, the problem, that's a problem because uh, the physical world is not the only reality that exists. God deals not only in the physical, but he deals in the metaphysical. And in the metaphysical realm, you can't uh, place what occurs in the metaphysical world inside of a science lab. It can't be tested. Prayer cannot be placed in a science lab. God, who is a spirit, can't be placed in a science lab. Matter of fact, uh, we wouldn't deny that love exists, but you can't put love in a science lab. So there is another reality that transcends beyond the physical. So scientism is dangerous. This argument that if we can't verify it by scientific means that it, it doesn't exist, it's a dangerous stance. So polytheism, again, is the worship of multiple gods. And we gave an example of how the Egyptians are guilty of that. And then animism, is, uh, we, we told you, is also uh, contradictory to Scripture. And we gave examples of how the Greek fell uh, in, in, in trouble with that stance. Then lastly, not only... Um, are humans trying to make sense or try to be at peace with God or, or their own civilization uh, trying to understand the world around them without God through animism and polytheism? The last one is monotheism. It's possible to be monotheistic and not be a Christian. 
Monotheism means one, uh, one God, the belief in one God. So if we believe in one God, it needs to be consistent with the information the authentic God has already given us. And through the scriptures, through the Bible, God of the universe has already given us a description of what he's like, what he detests, what he embraces, what he's in favor of, what he's not in favor of, what he considers love, what he considers hate. The God of the universe is our plumb line. And since he is the God of the universe, he calls the shots. He is the one that sets the boundaries. He is our ruler. And any religion or any teaching that goes against the truth has to be false. So monotheistic, right? Monotheism. There are plenty of religions that are monotheistic. For example, uh, we talked about Islam in our previous episodes, and Islam uh, is monotheistic. But again, we as Christians, we, we showed through previous episodes the contradictions between the teachings of Islam and the scriptures. And if you missed that, go back on our previous episodes and take a look. So just because someone believes in one God doesn't mean they necessarily believe in the God of the Bible. I hope that information is helpful because we need to understand that God wants us to have a true and authentic view of him. I'm going to say it again. The God of the universe desires for us to have a true and authentic view of him. The God of the universe wants us to have a true and authentic view of him. So as we talk about what is God like, let us consider his infinity, meaning that God is limitless in his being. To say God is infinite is to argue that he is limitless in his being and God has no restrictions. He behaves what is in accordance to his nature. So God is infinite because finite beings, right, like me, you and I, we owe our existence to him. However, God doesn't owe his existence to anybody. He is infinite. The late Dr. Norman Geisler, my mentor, um, in his book, uh, System, Systematic Theology, Volume 2, he said the term infinite, which means not finite, is a negative, is negative connotation in form, but it denotes a positive attribute of God. God is literally limitless in his being. He is without boundaries, a being beyond the limits of the created universe. He is not created with hands. He is limitless. The God's created with hands, they all have us, uh, limitations. The main limitation says they're not the true God. So prayers cannot be answered. Souls cannot be converted in, uh, uh, in truth. Now, uh, there, there are conversions happening, but these conversions are not rooted in truth. They're rooted in falsehood. And when Jesus comes back, these conversions will be deemed illegitimate. This is why it's important that we worship the true and authentic God. So as we look at uh, God's infiniteness or infinity, 
infinity, we look at scriptures such as 1 Kings 8 and 27 as well. It says, but, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the high heavens cannot contain you. How much less this house which I have built. And it's important that we keep that in mind because God is not like us. God is a spirit. He's not restricted. God is everywhere at the same time. He transcends time. Matter of fact, God is time. God is not in time. God is time. Well, our time, uh, no pun intended, our time has come to a close. I pray that you receive something from today's lesson. Uh, Knowing the authentic God will keep us from being deceived. And as always, we thank you all for your prayers, and we do need your financial support uh, in order to continue the ministry that God has given us in equipping Christians for the 21st century. We need your support. So if you're listening to this uh, segment, please consider giving to Sound Reason Ministries, and you can go to our website, srministries.org, or you can send us a check made out to Sound Reason Ministries, P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. Even go on our website to see the latest classes and workshops. And remember to continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.